Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And what 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 do I want to know this? Because you're just you're this big gelatinous blob of God knows what, and you. I am. You're, I'm. <laughs> I feel rude. insulted by your tone. And you roll around, <laughs> and the things that you roll on. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 201 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Mark Rubin in San Jose, California. Hello. And we also have Tammy Coron down. I want to say Tammy, Tammy Lynn Coron. I don't know why. Because we also Lynn's have Tammy Coron down in... Sorry? That's because Lynn's my middle name. Well, there you go. So we have Tammy Lynn Coron down in West Tennessee as well. Hey now. So hey, you're near... Can I say you're where you're near? Yeah, but I might have to kill you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, no, because didn't somebody try and go into, into our restaurant near near you and got refused service not because of the color of her skin but for the content of her character no that was virginia, that was virginia. yeah i'm nowhere virginia? near virginia oh. Yeah, yeah oh so lexington is up there not it's a different lexington it's not lexington kentucky which is one you're thinking oh, of, okay i think okay well i just thought it was you know it's, it's taken 50 years but finally somebody got tossed out for the content of the character no it's lexington virginia there's a lexington everywhere right. but now everyone knows yeah. no i know it's like it's like springfield right it's like springfield it's springfield is where, why they chose the name for the, the Simpsons because pr- practically every state has a Springfield. Mm-hmm. Anywho. Oh, wait, Tammy, do you also live in Lexington? Lexington <laughs> I, I, I do. I do. Oh, okay. okay. She may or may not. I, that I may yeah. or may not. You can cut that how, part. How tightly but... is your tinfoil hat wrapped? Yeah. <laughs> she can neither confirm nor deny. Oh, I can always deny. 
<laughs> I'm good at that. So did you say hello yet? I, I might have, but I can say it again. Hey, now. Oh, there you go. Hey, now. All right. See, you are the sidekick. I told you. I right? am the sidekick. I I don't, I, I can't break that, that sidekicky mold. That mold. Because that was, that was what Je- Jeffrey Tambor used to say on the, on the Gary Shandling. What was that Jerry Gary Shandling show? Gary Shandling show. I think it was called It's go. That Gary Shandling Show. But no, that was a different oh, okay. one. Um, the, the one, this is the one where he was the, the, the talk show host that you're talking yeah, about. And he, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But come yeah, on, let's, let's be honest. Heroes are only great because of the sidekicks that they, the that's company true. They have that to they have keep, right? Sidekicks. Them against. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So y'all are just good because I'm here. And she said y'all, folks. There y'all. you go. Now you're all happy. The Jersey girl said y'all. Hey, so we do have an Ask MTJC from our friend of the show, Sean Marson, and one of our premier sponsors, Sean, Sean Marson, by the way. Thank you very much, Sean, for sponsoring the show. Um, he says, uh, you missed it for episode 200. I'm not sure if we missed why, why he says we missed it, but uh, he says, my upgrade sweet spot is year one, first year for Mac. Second, it's got here Y1, and then it's got a Mac emoji. So I'm going to read it out as how I think it reads, but it says Y1. So he says, year one, he updates his Mac. Year two, he updates his iPhone, I think. Year three, he does his iPad. And then year four, he's got his iPhone again and repeat. So doesn't I don't understand. Anyway, so hasn't quite worked out where the Apple Watch... So he hasn't quite worked out where the Apple Watch, the HomePod, and the AirPods, and the AirPower, etc. fit in. But um, Wait, hang on. What's an AirPower? Air that was that oh, uh, wireless charging pad that still doesn't exist yet. Oh. Yeah, you lay, okay. you lay your phone down on top. The reason why the... Eight and the and the iPhone ten have a glass back is because you can lay them down on an induction charger and they'll charge your phone wirelessly. Oh, I thought it was so I can break it easier and get a new upgrade. <laughs> no, <laughs> well that too, that too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so he's uh, interested to know what we think about our upgrade pass. Well, I mean, I can go first because I'm sitting here in front of my 2013 um, MacBook Air and I just noticed on the box behind me that that I purchased it in in July of 2013. So I'm now this is now five years old officially. Uh, I have replaced the battery a couple of months ago because it, it finally died. But yeah, I, um, my next Mac will 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 be a Touch Bar or a, a Mac that at least has Touch ID on it. Maybe Face ID if we get fortunate in the near, near future. Um, but that's definitely where I would go uh, with that. But I'm not sure when that, when that's coming from or where my budget's coming for that either. Um, I am thinking of spinning out my um, my iPad Pro 12.9 and um, buying either one before another iPad Pro, probably a 10-inch one um, soon, or I might wait till the fall. Basically, you know, the way things go, I probably will wait till the fall to see what Apple release, releases as far as new iPads go. Um, and I just bought my iPhone 10 after, what, I, iPhone 6? So that was like three years. So I'm on a three-year, three to five-year plan of upgrading stuff. I used to buy a phone every year, but I'm not quite doing that anymore. So how about you, Mark? What do you uh, what do? You do for so I still, my home computer is still a MacBook Pro 2013. Uh, I'm kind of overdue for new and I've been holding off waiting for you know the new ones to come out. I've been saying that for a little while now, um, but I am kind of due to get a new one anytime now. So yeah, it's been five years. That's longer than I usually go. I usually go about three years. So yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, for the iPad, I'm also due for new iPad. Uh, and uh, as I've talked about a few times, I'm, I'm also waiting for the new models there. Hoping and, and uh, really hoping for you know a, a something iPhone 10 like in the in the new iPad because I'm really 
really happy with FaceTime and all that kind of stuff. Uh, with the phone, I have a iPhone 10. Uh, I got I moved to that directly from an iPhone 7, so it was only a one year switch for me there. Uh, although I usually that was the first time I've I, I did it after one year. I usually usually would go two years because I was on a contract with a carrier. Uh, now that we don't have we don't have contracts, it's it's uh, it's much easier to switch earlier. So I switched after a year. Uh, I don't have an Apple Watch. I don't have a HomePod. I don't have AirPods. But I want to get a HomePod. But I'll probably wait for version two of the HomePod. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit different for me when I was when I was in the business of selling Macs. I mean, I had access to them at a, at a kind of a discounted price, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I could buy them cheaper. I mean, I bought this I, this MacBook Air was one of the last ones I bought on when I was still a reseller. But um, you know, so I would change equipment out. But I would, I would, you know, I'd flip it. I would sell it to somebody else as used, and then mm-hmm. you know, add a few few couple of hundred bucks or whatever to it and buy a new one, right? So I was pretty much, you know, up to date on Max. But yeah, now that I'm on my own, like a regular regular Joe, can't really afford it. Yeah. What do you do, Tammy, for uh, for your uh, upgrade path? Well, I first had to hit about this Mac because I had no clue what I'm running here. It looks like I've got the MacBook Pro Retina 13-inch early 2015. But the only reason I have this is because my primary machine, which is a 15-inch, I think it's probably 2013, had an issue when my cats decided to throw it off my desk one day and I couldn't be without a computer. So I had to like rush to get this one. And I only use this one for when I'm traveling or if I'm doing podcasting. Aside from that, I really, when I was developing as a primary job, as a developer, I would have every new thing that ever came out just simply because I needed to make sure that it worked on an actual device. So nowadays, if if there's a direct need for me to do something like write a book about some technology like I had to do with the iPhone 10 and the AR kit book by tutorials on Ray Wenderlich, then, you know, I go out and I get the device. But otherwise, you know, I, I really, I don't, I don't like to upgrade if I don't have to. If, if there's a specific need where I have to do something that I cannot do on my current equipment, then, then I upgrade. Otherwise, I just I hang out and wait. Is that because the you know, attitude of if it ain't broke, don't fix it? Well, it's a, little, it just, it, it's a little bit about that, but it's also about I'm trying to be more aware of my consumerism lately. I I just feel like it's not so much a money thing. It's more of a wasteful thing. It's kind of like, how much do I really need to be happy? How much do I really need to enjoy this life? Do I need every iteration of the iPhone? Do I need to throw $1,000 at something? Now, you know, why did I throw $1,000 at the iPhone 10? I have an iPhone 10. I didn't need it. You know, I, I had the iPhone 7. Actually, no, I had the, I think I had the iPhone 6. I don't remember. You were going to get a, you were going to get a stick and a flip phone. I was, and I'd be happy. Quickly with that. But, you know, so th- th- a need came up to be able get to two, have it. Two cans, tin cans, and a piece of string in between. Look, man, No, that would not, require another person. That, I'm okay with that. I am, I, you know, I'm thinking about just packing it in, getting an RV, and going and having a good old time. But in the meantime, I still have to put food on the table for the family. And part yeah. of that is sometimes you need to spend money to make money. And that was the case with the iPhone 10. The iPhone I had, I can't remember if it was the 6 or 7, was totally fine. It was it had a crack, but it was all right. Now I needed to get the 10 because I had to have that device to do whatever development task or writing task. Yeah, it was the AR stuff or whatever, right? Yeah. 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 But aside you know, from you, that, no. You joke about the RV, but I actually have a friend who did that about a year or so ago. She quit her job, sold her house, bought a new RV, you know, top of the line RV, and has been just driving around the country ever since. Oh, 
no, Mark. It, it is yeah, no joke. Yeah, it is yeah. it is yeah. a plan that is being put into motion. It's just a matter of proper planning and the right timing. Yeah, yeah. But with the price of and gas today, we can't afford not to buy a pony. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that last <laughs> night. My husband and I were talking about we have um, neighbor. We have a pretty big plot of land, but we do have neighbors that have horses, and at a certain angle, we can see the horses. And we we're talking to each other last night. We we're like, oh, isn't it nice? We can see the horses. Oh, yeah, it's great. We don't have to take care of them, this, that, and the other thing. He says, yeah, exactly, especially yeah. with us traveling. I said, well, we could always just get horses and travel on the horses and kind of combine <laughs> the two. Yeah, you get yourself a, like a, a wagon, you know, and just hitch, hitch, a, hitch a ride. And, Look, man, you know. I'd do it. If he would go for it, I would totally do it. Yeah, crazy. There's a lot of work for horses. Hmm. So I, lately, I've been updating my G-Squad app, which is uh, surprisingly enough, it's written in Co- it's written in Cocos 2D, which is sort yep. of a C variant, and um, it's also written with a lot of Objective C because it's you know it's that that old program. I think I wrote it in 2009 or something, 2010. And um, what I've been finding that, and this is coming back to what Tammy was saying about having one of every device, is I pretty much only have an iPhone 10 now, right? So I was actually updating the app to fit on the iPhone 10, and because um, there's no I don't have access to auto layout because uh, Cocos TD is too old for that. Right. Um, I'm not really sure if I don't. I mean, because some of it's it's a mix of, of of some some views are like native and some views are are um, I don't know I don't know what you call it when you, you add the extra M to the remember you had the M the dot M file for an implementation file and dot MM if it had C code that's, in it that's what that you right? need C plus plus code not, C plus plus okay C yeah yeah so everything anything in Objective C always has access to C right okay you want an Objective C file to also have access to C plus plus it has to be an mm file right so and so it was, so what i'm finding though is that i've had to i've had to do i had to go back to the old caveman style of coding where i'm actually getting the size of the screen and determining whether or not based on the height of the screen whether it's uh, an iphone 10 or an iphone 8 or an yeah. iphone 5 or whatever so because back because because you have the sort of retina dis- you have the retina displays which first came out around that time when i was working on this app so i've had to go through and then so i don't have anything to test it on so i threw up on test flight last and i got all the you know, did all the work on all the coordinate, uh, coordinates for all the buttons and all the views and everything to work f- beautifully on the iPhone 10. Threw it up on test flight this morning, had a friend of mine download it on to his uh, uh, iPhone 7, actually, and all the layouts are all messed up, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, it, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, I guess it's just the the, the, the logic that we used to work in older OSs al- along with Cocos yep. 2D aren't working anymore, so. Well, things were certainly a lot easier in some sense, uh, especially with keeping up with the latest equipment when right. there was only one phone there was right, right. just one one iphone per year not not the currently right now there's four mo- latest models of iphone right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how many probably three ipads i'm not i'm not even sure how many there are yeah yeah fortunately the ipad aspect ratio hasn't changed much right true the, my, the issue is that the iphone 7 is narrow or sorry iphone 10 i keep calling it 7 the iphone 10 is actually narrower and taller at least you're not yeah. calling it the iphone x true oh i, I hear that at work all the time i have yeah. i have a permanent like a, like hand-shaped um, mark on my forehead. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's actually, it, it is pretty frustrating. And, and this is why, as I've mentioned before, we need more size classes. Uh, right. Right. When you consider you've got the iPhone 10 aspect ratio, you've got the sort of the, what I consider the standard aspect ratio now, but not, I guess it's not really, but, but I, uh, you know, the, the iPhone eight aspect ratio, uh, then you've got the eight plus aspect. R- actually the eight plus aspect ratio is the same as the eight, right? I think it is. Uh, but then you've got the, uh, the SE, 
which is the old four inch aspect ratio. So that's the, you know, the, the 320 by 568 inheritor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then you also have, unless you're doing a, a universal app, in which case you have to support the, the iPad aspect ratio. But if you're not doing a universal app, you still have to worry about the fact where the case where people can run your iPhone app on your iPad, on their iPad. And then it's the 320 by 480 aspect ratio that you have still have to support. Right. And, also, uh, so, although, you know, auto layout is supposed to handle all this completely seamlessly. In practice, it's not really the case because sometimes you just have too much stuff to fit on, on the screen in a, yeah. in a reasonable way. So auto layout just can't, can't do it. Yeah. That, that, by the way, that auto layout talk at WWC, the, the high performance auto, they did yep. a lot of talking about how to sort of get down to the basics of doing it. So if people yep. are interested, check that out. But, but just, you know, I fell back to one of our own recommendations that we had on the show a couple of months ago was that on paint code on their blog, uh, they've got the ultimate guide to iPhone resolutions. So, so I was using that today. Once once I figured out that that uh, my layouts were wonderful on the on the. So what I was doing was I was detecting whether or not the height of the phone was com- being registered as 812, which is what the height of an iPhone 10 is, mm-hmm. and then 568 for the fives and smaller, like you just mentioned, and uh, 667 for the six six S seven and eight, and 736 for the six plus six S plus seven plus and eight plus. So that's where. So I fell back to this file, and I'll have a link in the show notes to this thing if people are curious about that too. But and it, speaking with thinking about it, and I, I was just riffing on this idea with a friend of mine at work um, that you know, in trying to figure all this stuff out, I had to go back to the drawing board with a lot of this code. And and I don't know if you've noticed lately, but if you're working in any Objective C, there are no resources on the internet anymore to help you out other than Apple's documentation. So if you if you don't remember what you were doing back then, and you, and you get stuck and you want to go look up some stuff, you have to read it in Swift and kind of convert it back in your brain to, to write it back in the old ugly square brackety kind of Objective-C. So maybe we should start a website just doing Objective-C tutorials, Mark. What do you mm. think about that? Yeah. No, don't do that. No. no. <laughs> I, I just said the other day, I was like, you know, I remember when Swift first came out, I was like, oh gosh, who would ever use that? I'm never going to use that. And then like now, every time I see or have to deal with Objective-C, I'm like, ooh, I feel dirty. I need a shower. <laughs> oh, I still like Objective-C, but I, but I do find myself having to stare at the screen for a few seconds and recalibrate anytime I, I yeah. try to do Objective C. That's true. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. moving the the types to before instead of after. <laughs> yeah, I just right. To, yeah. I just have to you know make that mental shift every time yeah. I do it. Well, I had some weird errors too. I, uh, let me see if I can remember some of the ones off the top of my head. I've got some of the pages I had open when I was working on this. Like, uh... and, and I have I have more than once type start typing square bracket square brackets into Swift code. Yeah, and and wondered, hey, why isn't this working? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm always delighted when I'm doing some. I'm working in Objective C and I, and I do some dot syntax and it works. I'm like, hey, look at that, it works, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we got that later, got that back in there. Yeah, so you know what it was? I had so I hadn't I hadn't updated all the UI alert stuff in in one of my apps and because uh, I you know the alert controller and the problem is all all the sort of reference stuff around the web is is written in uh, written up for Swift. So I had to go back and discover how to write it for Objective C, which mm. is which is funny because you know you got the you know the alert controller and then you have the alert actions and so yep. on and so forth. Yep. And add actions and present controller yeah. alert. They're a little animated. bit more yes. verbose now than they used to be when it was just. Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, yeah. yeah, so 
supposed to be easier, but like it's it actually ends up being a little bit more coding. I guess I guess it's more flexible because you, yeah. you used to have to write a, a method, and I you know I had forgotten about this. You had to write a method to look at the index of the button that you chose, and right, it was all delegate based. It. it was yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not sure that it's necessarily any easier. It's just uh, now it's just it's it's definitely more flexible. I guess it is easier because you you can use closures. Yeah, no, no, yeah, you can ha- you can handle the action right there at right. the time when you're when you're writing the button or whatever. Yep. You know the okay. Yep. Yes, or next, or what have you. But for sure, it's more wordy. Yeah. Well, yeah, so that's our Ask MTJC for the week, I guess. Um, follow-up. Do we have any follow-up? Hmm. Yeah, well, I guess we have some topics that are kind of follow-up. Uh, but before we get to the follow-up, I want to do a fact check, which is a thing we used to do on uh, Spotcast on our other more than just Star Trek podcast. Um, yeah, so, and we were talking about uh, our the number of episodes that our hosts have been on in our 200 episodes. And um, there was a discrepancy between uh, what Fireside reports, because what happens in Fireside is each each episode so you go in and you have to put a checkbox next to each host. And for some reason, the math doesn't add up in terms of what we reported last week. And so I so I went and got got the RSS feed, which is the the Bible, the Rosetta Stone of this podcast. That's what actually goes into you know, feeding uh, Overcast. And this is how you guys see the episodes and links and stuff for those of you driving at home. So I got a better count of what the actual authors of the show or the people speaking are listed as authors in iTunes. So myself, Tim, I, I have 196 appearances on the More Than Just Code podcast. Jaime has 159 appearances. Mark has 156 appearances. So I'm catching up since he's not here this week. I'm getting closer. Yeah, you're, you're sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, Greg had 100. Uh, sorry, Greg had 42, and Tammy still has 30. So Tammy, Tammy gained an extra one. And uh, yeah, so like there's an author iTunes author tag that's inside the RSS feed. If you guys want, if you're curious and you want to go download the RSS and look at it, and you can see that. You know, we credit everybody who appears on the show as an author. So that's that. And then the next thing was at 47.30, I was talking about the number of downloads for the show. And at the time at hand, I only had uh, 264,000 downloads on Fireside. But before we came to Fireside, we had 150,000 downloads uh, when we were when we were self-hosting. So that's a total of 414,000 downloads of the show since we started in roughly, I could get the actual exact date. Maybe that's a fact check for next week, uh, August 6th or so. August 6th or August 7th, somewhere in there when we first started our first episode, or published it anyway. So that's our fact check. Wait, how many downloads? 414,000. Nice. Roughly. Give or take a few. And I rounded that up <laughs> to the thousands. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah. So then we've got uh, some follow-up here. And first one I put up here was, and I don't know if you guys remember, mentioned that, that uh, I got a, uh, a Touch Bar Mac when they first came out, like within the first week or so at the office and about six months into it i started noticing i had some problems with my keyboard so i had to take it over and get it serviced fortunately i had bought apple care on it so look the repair was free but apple has now announced or they've admitted to the fact that there is a faulty uh set of keys in what we call the butterfly keys on the macbook and the macbook pro keyboards and so they've opened up a, a repair program which i believe goes for four years let's see what the details are here on the link that we'll have in the show notes yeah, this covers everything from a 2015 uh, MacBook Retina 12-inch, I think was when they first came out, all the way up to the latest ones, which is the 2017s um, of uh, the, Mac- the MacBook Pro 15s. And uh, yeah, just have to contact an Apple authorized center. They'll check it out and see if it's worthwhile, if it's 
covered, um, and they'll fix it up for you. What's the <laughs> issue that you were actually having? So what was happening for me was that um, some keys just uh, didn't work. Like um, you, you'd kind of press them, and uh, if you kind of if you kind of tapped it, like you're supposed to be able to just tap these keys because they're, they're really low. Um, uh, what do you call it on guitar? Where we have low, uh, pro, uh, low action, low action, very low action. Yeah, and so very little uh, amount to actually register a key. But on some keys, you're pretty. pretty I think it, I mean, in my case, it was my command key, which I, I practically have my thumb riding on my command key all the time, right, on my left hand. And uh, so sometimes I'd have to actually you know really forcefully push down on the command key to get it to register. And uh, so I had that and a couple of keys, and I and so I, I took it in and they replaced the whole they replaced the whole top case is what they do, right? Because uh, it's all in sort of all built into one. But yeah, so Apple's uh, apparently oh, there's a, a class act, two two class action lawsuits over this particular issue. So, so that's why they're uh, yeah. So anyway, there's a link in the show notes here from um, uh, Mac Rumors for people to have a look at. You have a you have a the same Mac uh, uh, Touch Bar Mac at your office, right, Mark? Well, I do, but I I almost never use the actual keyboard on the on the laptop because I use a mm. I use a, a Bluetooth keyboard right. uh, instead. But you know, I've had an interesting issue with that. That's in some ways kind of similar. So I wonder if it's actually the same root cause where the 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 symptom. I mean, maybe a little different, maybe more of a connectivity issue. But but it'll it'll just stop responding for a while. It'll just you'll be tapping and, and just see nothing is happening, and then it'll come back and repeat whatever the last key that you typed hundreds of times. <laughs> so so I really as if it's stuck, right? And it just scrolls. Yeah, yeah. And it just stopped, and, and there's nothing you can do to, to get it back except uh, you know disconnect or or restart the you know reboot the the keyboard. There's a little switch you can restart the turn it off and on when it oh, really? huh. mode. Yeah, it's it's really annoying because if you're if you're ever doing, I mean, if it's okay, if it's you know if you're just typing a document, it's easy enough to change. But if you're ever writing code, it can be a real pain because all of a sudden you've got a, a thousand G's uh, in the middle of your code. So that's on your Bluetooth keyboard, though, on right? On the Bluetooth keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. So is that an Apple keyboard or? It is an Apple keyboard. It's the official oh, okay. Apple. But is the is the button style keys the old old style old uh, aluminum type button style keys button keys? It's the uh, it's the uh, the white one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah, the, the keys are also white. Yeah. So but, the tricky part about the Touch Bar computer or the the MacBook computer and the MacBook Pro butterfly keys is they're really low, and so sometimes people think it's like you get a little bit of dirt underneath them, like a piece of sand or whatever. That just seems to be enough to sort of mess them up, right? Yeah. So I, I've never been able to figure out what it was, and yep. and I wasn't about to take them apart, which is what I might have been doing. I would have done that if it, if it was my own personal computer and I couldn't, you know, uh, play it. But um, yeah, so they've got a picture here of, of I guess the two styles of keys, anyway. Tammy left, and now she's back again. I had to turn off the oh, light. Oh, why? Because it was too bright. I, I swear I'm like part vampire or something. I see. Wait, do zombies right. like light? Um, no, they like brains. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I didn't have to go eat a brain. I just had to turn off the brains. light. Yeah, yeah. So uh, last week, Greg was talking about Airbnb, and they're, um, they're getting out of the React Native game. And a friend, well, friend of mine anyway, Ash Furrow, uh, wrote an interesting blog post on uh, the uh, change over from React Native to um, he's called it Airbnb React Native expectations, and it's more it's not so much complaining about or dissing them or whatever for, for making a change, but um, sort of praising them for the kind of uh, document that they wrote in the in this four part blog that they talked about how they they got into it. Um, and he kind of breaks it down. I read through a bit of it um, the other day, uh, so it's an interesting read um, on Rash's perspective on what uh, the change away from and and how they handled the React Native. 
transition, like the, the, this taking the step back. Um, they kind of gave themselves like a year or so to, to sort of work it out. And if it wasn't going to work, they would they would uh, step away from it. But so uh, I'll leave this here for the people to check out this link from Ash. Uh, I don't know if you guys are reading through it right now, but um, his take on how they, they handled the, um, the the documentation of moving away from React Native. Yeah, no, that that was actually fantastic. Uh, what their thought process was and, and uh, you know, documenting what the pros and the cons were. I, th- I thought it was pretty, it was pretty even handed uh, and uh, a pretty good insight into, into what happened. So I, I really like the article, whether, you know, independent of my feelings of React Native uh, and, uh, you know, you could probably guess what those are, but uh, <laughs> uh, I don't like JavaScript very much. Um, but uh, I, I definitely thought the description was really good. Cool. All right. So I'll leave this link here for in the show notes for people to have a look at that one. Tammy, do you have any thoughts on React Native? Have you even looked at it? No, no, I don't. I haven't looked at it at all, as a matter of fact. All right. Okay. And this is, Wait, this is a story. For, we, no. Should you look at it? Yeah, no, because like this is the second time this week it's come up that someone has asked me, oh, do you know anything about React Native or, or <laughs> Swift RX? I'm like, no, actually, I know nothing. Well, here's here's my take. Well, this okay. This gather around, children. Yeah, this gather around. Be a, a fully uh, thought through take, but but it seems to me that if if you have a, a large team of people who know JavaScript and are not mobile specialists, let's say, so they're front end web engineers, they know JavaScript, they 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 also may have may have done some Node.js, uh, then it's it's probably a good way to get them going on mobile quickly. But if you've got a lot of mobile expertise, like you've been writing iOS for 10 years, uh, then trying to pick up one of these JavaScript frameworks right now, I, I just think makes zero sense at all. Because it always seems to me like it's always going to be playing catch up with the native code. Every single year, Apple comes up with something new. Uh, and if you're doing it natively, then you have immediate access to all the new stuff. If you're depending on, on Facebook or some third-party library to translate it into JavaScript so you can use it. Not only are you paying that waiting cost for them to do it and, you know, and, and bugs and, and whatnot, uh, but, you know, but you also get whatever overhead there is to translating from JavaScript into, into uh, the native language. So it, it depends where you're coming from. If you, if you're, if you have a, a large team of, of, uh, you know, web oriented people who you want to be able to mix and match and not have to become specialists in iOS, then yeah, it might be a good solution for you. But like I said, if you're, if you are already an expert, or want to be an expert in iOS or Android for that matter, then it doesn't, to me, it doesn't make sense to uh, to use it. I understand the arguments for write once, use twice, but from what, not only from what these guys said, but just from, you know, my own experience with similar type things, it's it's never really the case that you write it once and it just works on both platforms. It never really has. That's my two cents. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, yeah, we have, we've had similar experiences with, you know, um, trying to merge different kinds of languages and like you, you, you we write a middleware or a middle piece for the uh, for iOS and you share it on sorry write a middle piece and you share it for both a- iOS and Android that's the, the promise of it mm-hmm. um, but you know I think a gentleman at Apple once explained it it's kind of a degraded experience compared to what you can do natively yep um, because you get all the sort of UI animations and nice transitions and things like that as well that, that uh, you know you're essentially using you're building a web page to be presented in a wrapper you know right yeah and, and <laughs> sure sure okay yeah no I mean yeah 
it, it, it is interesting. I mean, like like I, I've gone through Marin's book on on RX Swift, and and it, it it doesn't look interesting. I mean, I don't really, I can't really grok uh, a need for it right now. And I and I just finished a diatribe on going back in time and writing, you know, updating an app that I that you know, I guess you could say, why don't you just rewrite it in Swift or in Swift or with SpriteKit? And part of me says, yeah, okay, I could do that, but then it all comes back to what Mark was saying earlier about not having the time to maintain, you know, and keep things up to date. And I don't want Apple to shut my app down in a couple of years because I don't have a Retina display, you know, I don't have support for iPhone 10. And the other side of it is it's a bit of a challenge for me to do that too. So there is that sort of, I think there's different reasons why you try different things. Um, you know, I've, I've wanted to rewrite my app, this the Geek Squad app in in, uh, in uh, Sprite Kit for years. But then again, I'm like, well, why don't I just write a whole new game in Sprite Kit and just, you know, sunset Geese Squad. But, you know, Geese Squad, Geese Geese Squad, Squad has 2. Of, See, you're, you're talking about 2, a bunch yeah, of yeah. different things here, like, you know, writing something in Sprite Kit and writing something cross-platform and, and being sure. able to maintain it. I mean, they're kind of two two separate conversations there because yeah. this, this conversation always comes up for me being a game developer. It's like, oh, well, why would you spend the time writing in, in Sprite Kit or, or Scene Kit when you've got Unity over here, which is cross-platform right at once and it, it works everywhere. And it's kind of like, and, and I've said this analogy more than once, and I apologize for those who have heard it, but it really rings true to me and I hope it rings true to you that even Batman knows that there's more than one tool for every job because if there wasn't, <laughs> he would have no reason to have a utility belt. And yet he does. So it's... Really but he only has well, he one multiple bad job compiler. He needs multiple tools for. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> it's like, you know, you have to... But there's only one bat framework and one bat compiler <laughs> only one and one bat, framework. bat computer. We call that kapow. No, but <laughs> think about it. Like you, you want to write that Sprite Kit game yeah, or, yeah. or just that game. You have to decide... And Tim, I know you and I have talked about this before. I don't know if Mark and I have, but you have to decide what your why is. Like, why are you doing that thing? When you know yeah, why yeah. you're doing that thing, then you can figure out the what and the how and the everything that goes along with it. But unless you don't understand, and I mean, I don't mean just like on the surface, understand your why. I mean, like truly understand why you are making that choice, why you want to do that thing. When you understand that, the rest just falls into place. If you if you want to make that game or you want to learn RX Swift because you have this thing, you have that why, and you answer that why, then the answer comes so easily to what framework to use. Well, I want to learn how to make a game in Sprite Kit. Well, duh, yeah. My why is I want to learn Sprite Kit, so I'm going to do it. Or if your why is I want to make this really cool, wicked platform game that works on all platforms, then that's your why. And your answer is use Unity, right? So that's the way that I approach things. Sure, sure. And coming, well, let's bring it back to what this this whole React Native thing with Airbnb. I mean, they had a bunch of whys. Was was their their expectations? What what, what uh, Ash is talking about? You know, they they felt that they would be able to move faster as an organization. You know, they would they would have uh, be able to have a quality level that they could set. You know, uh, by using native tools in the sense um, they could write the code once and again use it twice, as Mark said. And then um, and they would approve the overall developer experience. But when they, but what they found was that that the reasons for maintaining it, their why became let's just get away from it and get back onto something else too, right? So, um, th- and, by the way, that's why that's why people come to the show to hear what we confused. Uh, we we were talking about React Native, but also we were throwing in RX Swift uh, sure. as a reactive programming style for Swift. So they're they're different things. Don't just don't yeah, confuse that we're yeah. 
uh, even though we were using different terms. Yeah, and then, well, I mean, I'm talking about all the different kind of tools. Like, I mean, I've gone through a number. I mean, I I used to write JavaScript. In fact, at one point in time, and I don't know if I was being forward thinking or just a complete idiot, but um, you know, my son or opened both. a school as huh, or both, <laughs> or both. So my son opened a school as 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 English as a second language, and I was just getting into you know scripting, and and uh, I hadn't quite I hadn't discovered PHP yet, but I was writing HTML, and I kept thinking to myself, well, why am I doing the same thing over and over and over again, right? So instead of doing that, I wrote basically a bunch of JavaScript that would assemble the, you know, basically take core components of what would end up being web pages, and I used JavaScript to build them dynamically, right? It was a horrible thing to maintain a couple of years later, but thankfully he sold the business, and I didn't have to maintain the site. But, but, you know, I did that too. I mean, like, so I went down the JavaScript route, and I learned that. I've been down CSS. I keep getting dragged back into CSS and stuff like that, you know? So you, you, you do have to learn different languages or you have to try different things you know you can't just be in my mind i'm not a one-trick pony right so um i've tried all these these other things and and um you know so as tammy was saying what she was saying and i'm thinking why am i going back and and uh you know updating this this uh cocos 2d app for you know which is built in objective c for iphone 10 is for two reasons one because it's the path of least resistance i don't have to rewrite the whole app to do it and second of all i like the challenge right i like the challenge of saying, okay, well, why doesn't this? Why won't this fit on an iPhone 10? What 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 can I do to make it work, right? And and I, it took me a couple of nights, and I figured it out, and I'm happier for it. I had a good time doing it. So so I think that that you know trying different languages is good. I don't know, like see, I don't know, if, like we, we we get this at work from people, like you know they come in, they come in with some great idea, and a lot of times when you're looking at a large product, you know, large team, it's like um, I like the idea of React Native, but when when a when or React Native or or RX Swift, when somebody suggests it at a work, I would think, okay, that might be good in an isolated project, right? But because I think about the horror of trying to maintain that across a team where you have developers coming from different skills. And I mean, it was, trust me, the, the transition to Swift was no cakewalk either, right? Because we had, you know, the whole, it was around the time that, you know, Swift 3 had just come out and there were all the quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, breaking changes that people said, oh, stay that, you know, heck away from from Swift because of the, you know, it's, it's oh my God, it breaks breaking changes, breaking changes, you know, was a hue and cry. But, um, you know, we kind of stuck with it and we worked our way through it. And now, you know, everybody at work loves Swift, you know, <laughs> you know, and we still have a large Objective-C code base. But the reality is, is that you try, you know, you can't, bringing in new ideas, it, it kind of sort of has to be in large team. It's it's kind of all or one or whatever, or, or like I said, you can run it on satellite projects. Because Tammy, you know, I know a little bit about Unity too, because I tried Unity as well, right? Um, back in, back in the early days. I haven't tried it in the last couple of years, but, you know, I was interested in, in just Unity as a game development platform because there wasn't really one for iOS back in the day, right? Until Apple came out with SpriteKit. I have to encourage you to go back and try it again because much has changed. Yeah. And, and I may. I may. Yeah. I mean, I'm more, I'm more interested in 2D games than 3D games, to be honest with you. So, and, and I know Unity does support 2D games. And I and I think of, didn't we, didn't, no, I guess I guess your, the book that Chris Language did was mostly SpriteKit, right? No, it was all SceneKit. It was all 3D. Scene kit, yeah, 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 because yeah. that, yeah, that was using scene kit, which is the 3D tool. It's, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I just had the thought again earlier this week that you know it, one of the decisions that I make or the choices that I, I look at when deciding do I want to use Sprite Kit, Scene Kit, Unity, what do I want to use? Is is my game 2D? And that's kind of like where I start. I start with is it cross platform, and usually it's no. But um, the next question is is it 2D 
or 3D. And if it's 2D, I tend to always gravitate towards Sprite Kid. If it's 3D, I'll always gravitate toward Unity. It's kind of weird. Really? Yeah, it's weird, but that's 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 my thing. I'm so wondering. where do you stand with Scene Kit then? I have never really gotten into Scene Kit. I mean, I think that that it's it's a great framework. I think that if you're an iOS developer or or a, or a Mac developer, it's, it's a great place to start, especially if you're intimidated by Unity. But it's not my thing. With with 3D, I'll always tend toward Unity. With 2D, Sprite Kit. Okay, cool. Interesting, that's right? A, you would think a, because because SceneKit is is very similar in structure to Sprite Kit. It's nearly identical. Yeah, yeah. So if you like to use Sprite Kit, it would make sense, I would think, to to also use SceneKit. But unless you you know Unity very well and can do a lot more with Unity, then maybe then I guess it makes sense to do to do that. And that's the funny thing. I don't know more about Unity than I do about the the native Apple frameworks. I know more about Apple than I do about Unity. And yet I feel, I don't know if it's a perception thing, you know, because everyone is moving toward Unity, but I just feel like Unity is more powerful when it comes to 3D content and gaming. And Mm -hmm. for me, it's never really been about the cross-platform. Obviously that plays into it. I mean, if if you know on the, when you start a project that yes, I want it to be cross-platform, then that's where you start. But SceneKit, it's always, it's going to sound terrible, but it's always been buggy for me. And I don't have a high tolerance for bullshit and bugging it. Yeah, it's funny. We were talking before the show about the difference between numbers, which we use for, for I use I use Excel for a lot of things and use numbers. And, and Mark and I both sort of commented that for all that numbers is a great, you know, um, spreadsheet. And yeah, it comes free with most new Macs. Excel just had, like from the same perspective. I mean, it's been around since Adam was a boy. Um, but um, it's got, it just seems to be able to handle more things better, you know. And I don't know if it's because we've always worked in Excel for this long, but like I was just trying to add up a column of, of numbers and I and I couldn't, you know, in in the five or ten minutes I gave numbers to sort of leap out at me and, and tell me how to do that, I just couldn't do it. Whereas, you know, in Excel, you just, if you can't find the, the epsilon symbol to do, select your cell, select your row and find the epsilon symbol to do what you need to do, you can just type in equals sum and then put your, your range of uh, rows and or columns and off you go, right? Look, I don't mean to throw so. a third uh, option into the mix here, but what do you think about Google Sheets? Because I've been mm. I've been doing a lot more on Google Drive, yeah. Google Docs, Google Sheets, you know, whatever. What do you What do you think of that? Well, I haven't used Google Sheets per se. I think I've used it maybe once. I use I've used Google Drive, Google Docs, and I've used Google Forms a lot. So that's how I collected information for the last couple of articles I wrote. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't really looked in it too much. I think because I know I worked for one company two years ago that was using Google Sheets, and and you know, it was like eh, it was like it could be Excel, you know. Yeah. It wasn't really blown away. So I think if you're if you're doing collaborative stuff, the Google stuff is really good, uh, where multiple multiple people are looking at the same document and have to edit and and work on it. Uh, then it's great. But for just doing regular spreadsheet stuff, maybe it's just because I'm more used to it and I've been using it for you know has it been twenty more years now. Uh, my lawn. Get <laughs> yeah, off my spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> Excel just seems to do more of the things that I need it to do less painfully. So yeah. Let me ask you another thing. I've I've got two computers that I primarily work off of. I've got the 15-inch and the 13-inch. I tend to use Google when I collaborate with myself, meaning that it's really convenient for me to, if I decide to, to get up and go somewhere and, and grab the 13-inch over the 15-inch, I can just you know bring up a web page and start doing my numbers or my docs or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's something 
something that that would that, no, that, that makes complete sense total uh, sense yeah 100 yeah. agree yeah. but you know but then there's you know the first time that that your network is laggy or down and and you can't even add up a column of numbers because of that then and and i i, I guess you know i i guess that there is some uh there is some native uh, uh functionality to to sheets now uh much more than there used to be so maybe this isn't as big of an issue but but you know i've i've had situations where the network's been so bad that that you just can't do anything i mean you can type a key and then wait with a spinning ball because waiting for the network and all that and it's just it's just it's just a terrible experience when when that happens uh so yeah i mean it, it just depends on what you're trying to do i guess depends on the why as you said yeah. earlier depends on well, your I totally find the same thing. <laughs> yeah yeah well see i find the same thing too because i i don't i don't i mean ios i always have my an ios device you know like in in my pocket if nowhere if nowhere closer right and i love you know things like notes right where it's a simple note taking app um i have it synced with my icloud account so it doesn't matter which device you know like even the podcast notes i use i update podcast notes on my phone all the time and i know that as soon as i come back to my desk or you guys are looking at it you guys are going to see the updated version right um and say i use notes at work i mean i notes on my phone and and i I can tell you because my 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 office computer my work computer because we you know i work in a financial institution everything's like locked down um i don't get the benefit of, of that sort of collaborative with myself kind of thing like you guys are just saying whereas at home i love it you know i've never tried i don't know if does sheets even work on the phone like i don't i don't know if it does maybe it works on the ipad but um like i said i've only tried it i've only used it once or twice and that was a few years ago but you're talking about the web version of sheets or yeah the, the google sheets yeah sheets. google sheets or is it is there there's, there's i guess there's an app version right yeah. yep okay yeah yeah i guess so they have an ios app is there, is there i guess there's not a mac app but there's like you use it in the browser on the mac right mm-hmm. yeah, and it's all synced through your google account i take it right yep yeah so yeah i mean we we all use we all use google google docs all the time every week with, with the podcast right so yeah no i i totally agree with you tammy about the, the collaborate with yourself thing for sure i love everything have everything at my fingertips yeah right. i i find it perfect you can take that out cool <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, so this is a quickie that I had in my in the notes from last week, and uh, we were just too busy talking about all the wonderful, you know, catch-up stuff that uh, we talked about. And this is just a quick one. And I think Jaime and I have been talking back and forth about issues we've been having restoring our phones from backup and that kind of stuff. And so there's Wait, Apple has been that? hit. People do that? What? Restore their phones from backup? Yeah, no, no, no. Like if I'm moving from, from an old, like I was moving from my iPhone 6 to my iPhone 10. Yeah, right? don't you take that opportunity my... to like have... No, no, I'm not. I'm not a oh. purger. I, I'm not a purger. I have, I have everything I've ever, every photo I've ever taken on my iPhone is currently on my phone. Oh gosh! Yeah, See, my favorite thing is when I get a new device, I can be like fresh start, remove everything. People are like, "Did you get? Do you have yeah. that email from? Ten- no, I don't have that email from five seconds ago. I got a new phone, man. I got a new phone. <laughs> I'm uh, moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have and then, applications then like, on my Mac that are that have probably been there from from. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess they're not from the old PowerPC days. Because because those oh my goodness, who are but, you people? But certainly from the very first uh, Intel-based Mac that I own, there's stuff from there for sure. I'd rather be looking at it than looking for it. Oh, That's just weird, man! No, this is the time you get to like refresh, reboot, restart. Yeah, that's true, and that, that that's there's you know that's your prerogative, Tammy. Is my but, mother used to Tammy, say. what if you need your stuff? Oh, I never need yeah. my stuff, and if I need my yeah. stuff, well, I'm out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, no. I, I'm I'm a historian when it comes to, to yeah. archiving and, and keeping track of stuff. And I mean, I really, I, you know, what really irks me, Mark, I don't know if you remember this, but I guess about, you know, I guess, let's say almost 10 years ago, Apple changed the way that you search for things in Apple Mail and it just stopped working properly. Hmm. You know, yeah, I used to be able to find things in the Finder. But um, yeah, and anyway, so coming back to the story, that apparently there's been issues where people have had been getting this error 53 um, that the phone couldn't be restored, which is what the story is about Tammy, for those of us who do try and you know keep our stuff, um, and yeah, so they've been they've been hit with a nine million dollar fine in in Australian courts, I think it was. Yes, so yeah, just over this uh, this thing for misleading customers, which because apparently, what does it say this error fifty three is? Now I'm curious. Uh, bug affected a number of users last year. Error fifty three. You've deleted everything we need to prove that you're wrong. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, the customer said that everything refused to remedy it's interesting in the in the uh, screenshot accompanying this article which you can find the link for in the show notes this uh the itunes alert modal that popped up do you recognize that style what is that that's like really old that's yeah. like uh is that windows 10 maybe or it, it, my first thought was it was a windows style yes yeah windows x xp or windows uh but what was the one vista now i yeah, gotta maybe. go find this link you're yeah. talking about i guess it's itunes running on windows I, yeah yeah I've that that. Yeah. See what you guys. Are. Oh, that's that looks old. Yeah. yeah. Get off my iPhone. Okay, so this is totally what I was talking about before because it, I'm looking at the thing here. It's Apple explained that in 2016 that Air 53 appeared when a customer had a home button replaced by a third party. The company would run security checks because the Touch ID module was different and the device would fail to check, which makes sense because the, the secure enclave and all the home the home sensor and all that kind of stuff are all tied together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what this is. And and, and I think I don't know if I have Air 53 specifically, but I was mentioning last year that, that or last summer when I was trying to update my phone, that if I used an encrypted backup, I couldn't restore because the hardware key that sign, that encrypts the, signs the encryption is different from one phone to the next, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to write, I had to save an unencrypted backup. Mind you, uh, we had a, a lady, I forgot her name now. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just reading all these comments and having a good old time. Which comments are those? Oh, the people Air below? Air 53 is not far removed from Area 42. <laughs> but it's I thought it was Area 41. <laughs> uh, oh, Michelle Leonard, is that her? Isn't it Area 52? Oh, yeah, there's that, too. Wait, now, see? Oh, my God. My tinfoil hat must be too tight. I can't remember. So, now. Area 52 is even closer to, to uh Wait, isn't it? Wait, is it Area 50? No, it's Area 51. Area 51. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's These are numbers. Wait, this is math. Are we mixing metaphors Wait, again? Probably, yeah. So, it's Area 51. What's Area 42? That's from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide somewhere. 42? No, I thought 43 was the answer to the universe. No, no 42. 42. Nine times, nine, seven times six, right? Yep. That's the ultimate question. Although 43 is a prime number, you'd think that would be the solution. Mm-hmm. I only know prime colors. I don't know prime numbers. So do you know why 73 is Sheldon's favorite number? Because you can divide it by 42 evenly. Hang on, I got to look, look up the answer. <laughs> I'm not reaching or guessing <laughs> at all. On those math skills, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's part of my natural charm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now. So according to according to Sheldon, seventy three is the twenty first prime number. What? 
its mirror 37 is the 12th prime number and its its mirror 21 is the product of multiplying 7 times 3. All right, look. I And in binary, wait for it, in binary 73 is a palindrome. Okay. It's okay. 1001001. I know what a palindrome is, and I hate to admit this, but when it comes to math and numbers and did I say math? I'm really ignorant. Can can what have you explained to me what this gosh this is so embarrassing. Can can you please explain to me what a prime number is? A prime a prime number? Yes, a prime number I'm is sorry. a number. Wait, 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 wait. A prime number is a number that cannot be divided by any other number other than itself and one. I could divide any number. No, no. I mean like like Evenly give divide. me a, give me a, a 3 is a prime number, right? Right. Because nothing Oh, cuz no, there's like remainders and stuff? Right. Yeah, exactly. You can't in whole <laughs> is that number so math. not a you, teenager remark cuz it's like remainders and stuff. You know what an integer is, right? That's a whole number, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. These are negative. I see, positive, and I right? only so, know that from programming. How funny is that? I only know that so, an so integer is a whole so number. Because, because, go ahead, ask. So what? What times what <laughs> equals three? What one what, times what two three equals can, three? <laughs> okay, but nothing else, right? You can't two times something doesn't equal three. Can I do like one point five times two equals three? No, no. It has to be integers, whole numbers, right? Oh. Okay, so three is Aren't a prime you number. That five I is 1. also point five and one. 1.5 is 3. Can we just yeah, like five appreciate that? 5 is also a prime that? number, <laughs> Tammy. 5 is a prime number, right? Because it can't be divided by itself. Well, and it can be divided by itself, but it can't, nothing else, it, it can't be the product of any other two number integers, oh, right? Geez. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is why I don't matter. And then the next prime number is, I'm I believe, you, 11, it, right, Mark? I had a traumatic experience in ninth grade with a math test, and ever since I'm then, helping I can't you do here math. with your, your math, right? Mat- so the Mateus reason why, explained so, it to me. There's like this whole, oh, I wish you were here. There's this whole thing where, like, you're afraid of math because of, of you have to talk to him. So let me tell you my story, my horror story about math, okay? So when I was seven, I had chicken pox. So I had to take a week off of school, right? And in that week, they learned how to do basic multiplication. So when I came back to school on the Monday or whatever it was that I came back to school, I looked at something on the, on the that said three, 2x3, and I had no idea what the x meant, right? So I went to the teacher at the front of the class and said, I don't know what this means. And she said, class, Tim doesn't know what this is. And the whole class went, two times three is six. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> and so so I, I said to myself, three, like, right? okay, okay, then then I thought, well, I just thought it was just another way of writing plus, right? Because it, it didn't make sense to me. What I think it was two times two probably uh, was, the, was the actual test question. Um, and then, so from that point on in my life, I've had a mental block about multiplication, right? And it's taken me years to, to I still stop and think for, to myself when I, when I just hear two numbers that need to multi- multiply together, right? So that's my mental block about math. And it all goes back to those chicken pox I had in grade grade, grade two when I was seven years old. Hmm. What's your story, Tammy? My story is I was in ninth grade. I was already yeah. labeled as useless and will never amount to anything. And we were taking a math test. And it's funny that I don't remember much of my childhood, but this I remember vividly. We were taking a math test. And I remember that while I was staring down at, at my desk at the page and the and the questions, everything started to move, and like the the stuff on the page moved, and the and then the whole world started to move around me. And I went out. I said, I need to take a break. I don't know what's going on. I went outside. I went to go get a drink at the water fountain, which happened to be like 
right outside the door. I went to get to that water fountain to take a drink. And the next thing I knew, I was sliding down the wall and I woke up in the nurse's office. And what had happened was that was my first incident with a blood sugar drop. And it was rapid. Uh. And ever since then, like, you know, because of course, at the time they were like, oh, well, clearly she's stoned out of her mind or on drugs or, you know, having a psychotic break or whatever they totally thought. Totally for sure. Yeah. But it turned out that it was just a sugar episode. And ever since then, I, it's crazy. I have to pin my inability or reluctance to math on that one. I've got to hang my hat on that thing. Yeah. No, it's totally, it's one, one incident in your life can, can, and this is why what's happening. I got to say this for a minute, but what's happening in the States with these kids being separated from the parents is going to scar them for life. Yeah. That's yeah, my soapbox. Yeah. So what's your horror story about math, Mark? I like math. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no horror stories. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they say one out of every three people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. One out of every people likes math. <laughs> I like math too. Don't get me wrong. I used to love algebra and calculus and, and functions and relations. And I'm sorry that I lost those skills because I, I just haven't practiced it. But yeah, but I'm telling you, like just even saying six times seven a few minutes ago, I had to stop and go, is that really 42, Tim? Are you sure about that? You know? What I like <laughs> is that, you know, as developers and programmers and, and creatives, we've got the ability to go beyond our inability of being able to math and still create amazing mm. things. Like sure. I, I never would have imagined sitting at in, I guess it was ninth or eighth grade or whatever that was sitting in that classroom thinking, gosh, one day I'll be a programmer and I'll, I'll need this information. Like that's not even true. Like today I can read a framework, figure it out and not have to know how to math to create some cool stuff. So there, there's a good, there's a good class on Udemy by Dev Slopes. They do. You do. Uh, however you to me you demi you do me whatever um <laughs> it's by dev slopes they've got 2d 3d all sorts of unity stuff it does get repetitive because there are different instructors and there's some overlapping stuff and they're teaching you some other stuff but it's it's totally worth it and the price is good and if you're looking to jump into unity on 2d and 3d it is it's a massive course there's there's probably no question that you have that will go unanswered. And how much is this course? Yeah, you know, you tell me it's always $10 eventually. Oh, is it really? Eventually. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, just wait. What? So, so Tammy, what's your pick for this week? I put, hang on. I put it. Oh, I know. I did, you, you, you missed my, that was your segue. Oh, yeah. my pick this week is the class on your demi. Oh, wait, shit. <laughs> I cursed. My pick this Whoops. week. Oh, forget it. I can't yeah. do it. Yeah, never mind. All right. Let's move on, like, shall we? Because this is way more than just code, Um, which is why people come here, I guess. Oh, it's funny. So, I was telling you before the show that my friend was telling us about what well, I was asking him about how he catches up on past episodes because he's he's a few episodes behind and, and does that worry him but he sort of said as he says you guys are going to go down like I said the, the one thing that's going to come out of all this more than just code podcasting you guys are do is that people are going to start saying for those of you driving at home more often mm. <laughs> anyway um, so we a while ago we talked about uh, Monument Valley when they when they I think after their first year or second year they introduced yeah well, they've got here in the link uh, first year and second year they introduced uh, an infographic which talked about their um you know how much money they basically put into bu building the app and i'm not sure if it tells how much really got out of it but sort of what's involved in, in doing that and so their latest uh, effort is called Mon monument valley 2 which unfortunately i haven't bought yet 
Um, but they go through, yeah, they've got their official sales uh, number here, the all-time revenue, um, sales by platform, because they're on iOS or on Amazon. They're, sorry, they're on iOS and Google and Amazon. Uh, I guess they're selling both of those products there. And, um, you know, how much they made in one day. They show the, 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 the typical, we all seen it, we've all seen this before, the typical iPad or iOS launch um, chart. You know, it shoots up real quick and then it kind of just peters down and then just sort of slowly drives along over time, right? And um, so it's a really interesting thing here. Um, I was chatting with uh, Joe Triplinski on the show on on Twitter the other day because he also talked about this particular thing. And, and uh, interesting to note that even though they've spent $2.25 million, um, on development costs, they also spent $500,000 or a little bit more than $500,000 on marketing. And, you know, that because, you know, I've always sort of maintained that marketing is is a huge part of, of any kind of promotion of any product. doesn't matter whether it's iOS or whatever. And you know, the whole idea that we talked about back in 2010 and 2011, you know, build that they will come, has always been sort of a myth. And we've talked about that on the show a number of times. So I don't know if you guys have had a chance to look at these numbers or have any opinions on them at all, or even remember the conversation we had a couple of years ago. That actually sounds kind of low in terms of, of their spend on marketing. Yeah. 500K, if they spent 20, how much was it? 20 million on, on development? Uh, 2 million, 2 million. Oh, 2 million. Oh, oh 2 million. Oh, okay, then that's Yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. no, not 20 yeah. million. Yeah. yeah. No, that would be phenomenal. Phenomenal, right? No, yeah. I spent. Uh, sorry, I miss. I was misstated it. I guess. Yeah, two point two million, mm-hmm. two point two five nine million. It's at the yeah. bottom of the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they have sixteen sixteen people on the team. You know, they spent seventy weeks seventy weeks building an app. Like that's a lot of time to mind you. They were, I guess, they were working on the the uh, the revenues they were making from the, the original build, right? The original um, app. So yeah, just you know, if people want to know what what's involved. People ask me all the time on they 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 find our articles on uh, on the websites. You know, because we we post our, our some of our uh, episode show notes and they see that we're talking about the cost of apps over this last you know three years or four years that we've been doing the show we've been talked about this a number of times um this is how to make a successful you know app but i mean of course you know monument valley monument valley not only is it a is a, a well-built app but it's also a phenomenal app in terms of how it's, it's concept and things like that right so i think that's part that's a huge part of why they get the sales that they do right it's got that sort of twisty perspective and and dreamlike quality to it yeah it's a cool app yeah for sure a lot of downloads in China. It's amazing. More than way more than uh, than the U.S. Look at that. That's kind of what we we because we talked about that before. Like you know, we talk about Canada's population being I think we're thirty million or so roughly. Mm-hmm. U.S. is three hundred or so, right, Mark? Roughly, yeah. Yeah, and then China is three is ten times that, right? So if you look no, at I'm this not chart sure it's here, three billion at this point, but certainly a billion and a half, maybe China. Yeah, it's bigger. I yeah, mean, the, yeah. I think the market the market is like yeah, for yeah, sure. Maybe not ten times, but it's bigger, <laughs> a lot bigger. Yeah, but it's interesting interesting to hear that if you look at the chart that uh, 16% of their purchases were in uh, the United States whereas 30, 62% were in China. Mm-hmm. Canada is a measly 1.5%. So I guess I better order my copy soon, right? <laughs> yeah, cool stuff. All right. No no other comments on Monument Valley. I think oh. it's built in Unity, Tammy. Is it really? I think so. Yeah. If you look at their you have to have the app on your phone. I haven't I checked have out the second one. I played the first one. That's what it is. Yeah. But I never I don't know. It just it kind of wasn't my thing. <laughs> Too mathematical. <laughs> Yeah, probably like the Rubik's Cube. Yeah, I'm picking Which on you apparently now, my children who can solve it in like 15 seconds tell me that solving the Rubik's Cube has nothing to do with math. Oh, do you know what? I saw something the other day about about the, the a thing on Pinterest on how to solve the Rubik's Cube. I never knew this trick. There's a trick to it. I, maybe. I don't know. My, my, both my sons and my husband can solve a Rubik's Cube, all sorts of different cubes in like less than 15 seconds. And I, yeah. I'm in my... A 
approaching 50s and I have yet to solve a single simple Okay, so so can I tell you what spoilers for people on the phone or whatever. Um, this is what I heard the other day. I haven't had, I don't have Rubik's cube to try it, but apparently the, the first step is to make a cross on the top surface, right? Yes. And then make the four corners match. Yes. And then they're, they're called Perfect. algorithms. And then the no, yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying is that's the first thing, first pattern. Most people try and match all the colors and like, oh, let me match all the colors on the one side, whatever. No, but apparently you make the cross first and then you match the corners and then I forget what you do for the middle part. I think you match the middle layer and then the bottom is for the middle the part. Sort of I pass a lot. Just saying. Do you? <laughs> well, but my point is like it, it's kind of like a six step process, right? It's not like it's not super complicated to solve once you know this sort of secret ingredient. No, and and you do things like they'll be like flipping these things and oh like darn it i made a mistake i gotta start over i'm like what do you mean you gotta they start do? over yeah my kids yeah. i don't understand the whole starting over process like you had it mixed it's still mixed keep going yeah 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 but no well it's it, the thing yeah it's funny um the sidekick is uh, oh guess what i don't have a pick crap i have a pick i put a pick in there did you? i did you pick? step into vincent van gogh's starry night and stay a while my mom sent me this well she didn't send it to me she posted it on facebook but oh, it was this thing where it, it's Vincent Van Gogh, Starry Night, oh, and you yeah. step into a 3D experience. And at first I was like, oh, cool. I'm just going to like not tap into it, but swipe back and forth on my Facebook feed and take a look. And I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. So I tapped into it and yeah. like music came up and I was like flying through this, this Starry Starry Night scene. And I'm, yeah. I'm a huge fan of Vincent Van Gogh. And I realized that this is a tech podcast. Don't you mean Vincent Van Gogh? <laughs> Yeah, that guy. The guy who cut <laughs> off his ear. So, yeah, so yeah. I'm flying through this scene and I'm like, oh, this is this is really good. They got music. So yeah, I, while I realize this is a tech podcast and mm -hmm. Vincent Van Gogh's Starry Night may not be the most technical thing to pick. Uh, I, guess. I, I have two questions for you. One, first of all, I clicked on it a while ago. I'm still waiting. Second of all, does it require flash? No, no, no. It's, a, it's, no. A, it's that Facebook 360 thing with the Oculus oh. Go. But does it? Oh, do you have to have an Oculus Go? Or? No, you should just be able to like pan back and forth and fly through the scene. And, and how long does it take to load? I don't know. It's that Canadian internet you have. <laughs> it, it could be your, it could be your uh, content blocker blocking it, Tim. Oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> your moose is like no. My moose. Oh, you know what I saw on the road the other day? A flying moose. Like it, it was a moose in the air and it had wings. See now that's so Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Eh? <laughs> It's kind of kitschy, to be honest with you. Yeah. Anyway, I'm giving up on this thing. It's not loading for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Come back to it. You can you can describe it. I'm sure you can describe it for the audience out there. Just don't use math and stuff when you explain it. Uh, see, it loaded right up for me. All right. So yeah. the, it's this Facebook 360 thing. Wait, now it's going to play in my ear and I'm like, yeah, it's a little thing on. Okay. So what is this Facebook 360 thing? That's I guess that's the, the, the thing I want to know about now. It, it's no. Mark can probably describe it better than I can because he's totally way smarter than I am. But yeah. my feeble attempt at describing it is you step in, you take a picture. Imagine taking a picture with your phone. I don't know how this works. I've never, Greg yeah. Keogh could probably answer this. But if you yeah. take a picture of your phone, you know how you do that panoramic thing and you've 
got that yeah, one. Yeah, sure. Well, imagine if you can spin oh, around yeah, like Oh, yeah, I've done lots Michonne, of that stuff, yeah. Right? Yeah. From The Walking Dead. If you can spin around like Michonne from The Walking Dead, that's your that's your 360 photo. So this thing with Vincent Van Gogh and Starry Starry Night, first of all, like I said, I love Vincent Van Gogh. I think he's he was an absolute genius, uh, trapped in his own mind. But mm-hmm. to be able to walk through, virtually walk through his painting and kind of like get yourself immersed in it was really fantastic. There is, and, and I'll have to get you a link, Tim, but there's another pic. It's the, oh, you know what it says video. right here? It says it says 360 videos are not available on this browser. Let me go to Chrome. Because don't forget, I gave up on on Flash a little while ago. Hang on, let me, let me find Vincent the movie. Loving it's Vincent, that's evil. the name. Evil. Hmm? Loving There's also the song. So my pick is the song by Don McLean called Starry Starry Night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got a theme. But it's not called Starry Starry Night. It's actually called Vincent. It's called, oh, is it called Vincent? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. All right, let me try another video here. I'm, I switched over to Chrome, so maybe, maybe my problem. Because cause actually the, oh, it wants me to log in now. No, I don't want to log in now. I put, I my, I put my other free. pick as Loving Vincent. It's it's oh, a movie Something's loading. where his paintings kind of take center stage. Yeah. And if you love art. Okay. So, so Tammy, hello, yes. Tammy. Okay. So, um, remember I, I, we were talking earlier about our friend, of the, our common friend, Mike Daly. Do you remember Mike Daly? I do. He was one of the people in the Ray Wonderlic team. Um, he did some stuff back in the day. He did a presentation at um, Voices That Matter, I think. And he talked about making a skybox. Have you heard of a skybox? Yeah. You know where a skybox is? I do. What is it? It's kind of when you take a, a figure, like if you're wrapping a box with something and you need to take the four, five, six, or whatever sides there are and six, peel yeah, them yeah. apart and lay them down. That's kind of like a... You're laying out your environment, your skybox. There, the six That's the dots. image, yeah, yeah. So when you're in the game, though, right, You the skybox is, is off in the horizon. And so, like, if you have a star field, like if you're out in space, right, or if you're in a mountain. So so these are kind of like skyboxes, I guess. Like, they're 3D, 3D environments you get in. You can never actually reach the end of the Earth, as it were, but you can move around in it. And you can, as you tilt your camera around, you can sort of panoramically see around it, right? That's kind of what a skybox is, right? Yeah, she's doing it with her phone on the an example. Yeah, I've made some of these before. I should show them to you. Yeah, but ha- have you looked at the Starry Starry Night one? No, because I can't get it to load. <sighs> That's that's a whole nother story, but yeah, I'll look at it later. Mark, are you looking at it? No, I'm just trying to figure out what this weird pop-up I just got on my computer is saying. Some Motorola phone was trying to connect. Here's a my- link. Now you have a virus. Sorry. Yeah, no, this is kind of a weird thing. It was uh, the refactor authentication just popped up on my machine out of nowhere for some phone I've never heard of, huh. which is a little, a little disturbing. I'm not sure what that's all about. Is it like maybe a neighbor's got a phone and they're just playing around with it? Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I didn't, uh, I didn't hit OK. Okay, so probably it's probably fine, but that was. Oh, weird. by the way, that lady I was looking for. What's her name? It just went by here. Kelly H. Wilkerson, I think that's her. Yes, Decipher Media. We were talking about iPhones in the era fifty-three. So Kelly H. Wilkerson was the one that sent me the links about this service they have for getting into phones that are locked out. I wonder what she has to say about era fifty-three. We'll wait to see. If you really want me to log into this thing, okay, I'll log into Chrome. It, it, it's it's really cool. Okay, I'm gonna go look at it right now. Let's find your link in the show notes. And I, I know I know this. 
this is a tech podcast, but it's kind of tech. I mean, think about what has to go into making that work, not only on your phone, but on your computer. Mm-hmm. And, but it doesn't work on mine. Well, it will if you have a real browser. <laughs> if I were only a real boy, says Pinocchio. Now, in, in addition to that that 360 view, what I was saying, my, my other pick, and again, I know this is a tech podcast, but I think from a technical standpoint, this is really incredible work. But there was a movie that came out in, I think it was 2017, Loving Vincent, that was sort of, it, it was done in a way that I've never seen before. I mean, uh, the cinematics were, were breathtaking and incredible. And they took, they took the artist, Vincent Van Gogh, and they put his work into this story. And just, I, I was blown away, really. So it's not about him? It's not like a biography about him? It, it's kind of about him, but it's more about the, the telling of the story is done through his work. And right. it's kind of, I don't, I don't know the technical stuff behind it, but mm-hmm. visually it's breathtaking. I don't have any other words. So do you know the story of Vincent van Gogh's life? Um, not to the degree that I should know it as an artist, but enough okay. that I, I'm probably not going to cut off my own ear. No. So um, basically he was, he was always wanted to be a painter and he was sponsored by his brother, Theodore. I think, think of Theodore. So a lot of the stories, a lot of things we know about Vincent were through his letters that he wrote to his brother. And um, so that's kind of how, and, and he was, I went to, when Carol and I went down to uh, France, we went to Paris one year in 2004, I think. We went down to Ile-sur-la-Sorgue, which is where, near where a lot of painters like um, Cézanne and, and uh, Vincent van Gogh painted. And I went to, we went to the city where he painted Starry Starry Night. And where we were staying, we went to, we also went to the asylum where he was, where he was, con- he was committed, you know, because they thought he was nuts and where he did a lot of the paintings that he did of the people that that were in his area right so and he was at a, a sort of forefront where um art was moving away from representation because of i think because the camera had come along and was it was now able to outdo what you know you could do with with painting in terms of telling a story so it became more about the um self-expression using paint right and and then eventually got to the point where it got really abstract in the 50s where it was about putting paint on the canvas kind of thing right but so he was sort of at that sort of forefront of expression and, and that kind of stuff. And that's why his paint, his his work is seen as, as significant because it's like very expressive in terms of uh, how he, you know, put paint on the canvas kind of thing, right? But his whole struggles were, were that. There's a, I don't know if it's a great movie, but there was a movie called Lust for Life. I don't know if it's been remade. Let's have a quick look. But it started Kurt Douglas, you know, Michael Douglas's father. You know who Kirk Douglas is, Timmy? Yeah, but this is why I don't play Trivial Pursuit with you. Just saying. <laughs> No, you never you never played with me. So the book is called Lust for Life. If, if you ever want to read his story, but they made Lust for Life into a movie. So Lust for Life. It's also an album by Lana Del Rey. It, what do you know? Vincent was a tortured soul. Oh, so it's a book by Irving Stone. I remember reading it. Um, so yeah, so my pick is going to be Lust for Life by Irving Stone. If you want to find out about more about Vincent Van Gogh's life, I had to read it in university. And um, yeah, and of course there's the movie. Uh, and again, it's a 1956 movie, so you got to take it with a huge grain of salt. But it stars Kurt Douglas as Vincent, as Vincent, and uh, yeah, his sort of struggles with uh, being painter and you know going nuts and stuff like that. So, and they say that they so they say he cut off his ear because he was in love with a girl or because he was he was nuts, right? Or but but I also heard too that that um, they think he had tinnitus. You know what tinnitus is, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, the ringing in your ear. Yeah. My younger son has that. Yeah, I have a bit of it too from hanging around servers and stuff. Apparently, so my husband hear. has it too. But all this time until. 
our mm-hmm. son got diagnosed. <laughs> Can't believe I'm saying this on air. He thought it was Spidey senses. <laughs> the Spidey. You know, I remember hearing like ringing in my ear when I was in, in grade one or two and thinking, hey, it's some sort of neat ability that I have, right? One of our one of our friends on the Ray Winerlich team wrote an uh, an app for testing for tinnitus too, right? Ear tests. What was it called? I used to have it on my phone. He's, he just walked in the room. He's shrugging. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Who, Bill? What? Are you talking about my Hey, Spidey Bill. How's it going? <laughs> Tell Bill we say hi. Everyone says hi, Bill. Yeah. How's it going, Bill? Hey, now. All right. So I guess that's it for another week. So, hey, Mark, if you want to get a hold of you on the interwebs, wherever they look or how they do it. at smapsoft.com. All righty. And Tammy, if people want to get in touch with you. Paradox927 on Twitter. All right. And I'm, as usual, I am Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine is the way to get a hold of me. And I guess that's it. We'll say bye-bye until next week. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya. Bye. <laughs> See ya. See ya. This is Brenda the Show Jonathan. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find details on how to help us out on our website at mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Now stick around for the after show. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Right up there with hey now. Wanna be ya. Huh? I said, see ya, hey now. <laughs> see ya, wouldn't want to be ya. Yeah, we can make like the baby and head out. Hmm? Bill wants to tell his story about why he thought his tinnitus was spidey sense. Well, come on over to the come microphone. Here. Come we over got to time. the microphone. Yeah, no, right now. You, you open your mouth, your, you can, you're going to have to. You share your headphone with, uh, with your husband there. Come here, say hi to Mark. You know Tim. Or just give me your headphones. Here. I can't hear, but he can hear talking there. Hey, fellas. All right. Hey, Bill, how's it going? Okay. Okay, I can hear you. Okay, so let, you let cool. me set the scene for you, okay? Sure, here, okay. Here I am in Florida, right? Six years old. Uh, Florida was an awesome habitat to grow up in. But anyway, so the first time tinnitus hits me, my ears start ringing just a little, little bit. And I open the front door, and what do I see but a large ghost crab. And th- this crab this crab was like a foot across. It was gigantic. So being, wow. a, being a Spider-Man fan at six years old, I honestly thought the ringing in my ears was to alert me of the danger. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I was telling Tammy a minute ago that I had the same sort of thing. I remember being in school and hearing sort of a, a, the ringing in my ear and wondering what that was, and I never really thought to mention it to anybody, right? I, I just happened to have the incident to match it up with, and, uh, you know, of course, I grew out of it. I don't still believe that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you grew out of it, but you didn't grow out of the tinnitus, though. No, no, I still get it a little bit. And it's only about five or six seconds. 
Yeah? Yeah, that's about Well, you know what? Mine is constant. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, and it's louder in one ear than the other, yeah. Oh, so if I'm up at the cottage time. when there's, like, no sound, all I hear is the ringing, ringing in my ear. Oh, yeah. no, I get, but like, your brain five, tunes it a five-second episode a week, maybe. Oh, yeah? Well, your brain tunes it out, like, uh, you know, so I don't even know about it until I stop and think about it, right? So Gotcha. And I apologize to people on the podcast if, you know, because I edit the podcast, if I'm not hearing, I'm, you know, that basically means I'm deaf to certain tones. So if they're in the in the, the audio track, I apologize, but there's nothing I can do about it because <laughs> I don't even hear it. Well, let me give you all back to Tammy. All right. Thanks. See you later. That's his cue for, I need you out of the bedroom so I can go to sleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm surprised you're you're even allowed to record in the bedroom. I know. Uh, thank you guys the for studio. recording. Sorry, I'm surprised you're allowed to record in the studio, yes. Right. But thank you guys for recording earlier and, and allowing me to actually use my real mic as opposed to my mic out there that's just that's true yeah so much better this week yeah because here well here's the thing so what i did last couple of weeks ago jonathan and i were talking and and i had i had tongue firmly planted in cheek named Spotcast more than just star trek podcast like Mm -hmm. on my twitter account Mm -hmm. and he sort of said what's the what's with the new title more than just you know spark star trek and well because i mean Spotcast doesn't say say much and and people may get turned off by the fact that it's only seems to cover um star trek or, or at least discovery at least that's what it says on the tin right so um he suggested that I re- and I did this. He suggested that I register more than just podcasts dot com oh, and use that as as, yeah. a, as an umbrella for all of our efforts because yeah. we, we can't we're not getting picked up by anybody, so we might as well syndicate ourselves, right? Yeah, actually. It's an interesting idea. So, huh? It's an interesting idea. And then, you know, in theory, we could get other podcasts under our umbrella. Yeah. By the way, can you move closer to your mic or something? Uh, Or is your recording from the right source? Um, Uh, Yeah, no, totally. My microphone is unplugged. Oh. Is that better? That's much better, yeah. Okay, yep. No, I mean, so so exactly. So, um, and the idea would be as Jonathan was saying, was it wouldn't be that we would necessarily um, produce or edit their shows. We would take them under our wing. and. So you're you talking know, like a five-by-five five type setup? Yeah, yeah. Or or in, in, incomparable, or whatever that other one's called. You know, the All one, right, the so no Jason's. making fun of me and no throwing it back in my face, Tim, but I was out doing the yard work just this past week, and I was thinking to myself, because I vaguely remember having a conversation with you about this idea like the five-by-five, and I was thinking to myself i'm like you know like you know if tim went off and did some sort of something and was like hey i'm doing this big thing and i want you to like leave everything behind and let me yeah. take over and you just like do shit that i need to do i would be <laughs> so totally you were dreaming clearly right <laughs> i was totally dreaming but i was like you know if tim wanted to be the big boss and just have me do like whatever he needs i'd be totally cool because yeah. i'm so tired of like the hustle <laughs> the, the hustle yeah yeah old. Don't you mean? Yeah. In other words, Tim, you do all the work. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. Thank you for distilling that down to what I mean. <laughs> When I'm out mowing the lawn and dreaming, I do it too, Tammy. Um, <laughs> Wait, you dream or mow the lawn? Because I don't know about uh, both, either one both. of them. I have a smaller lawn than you, so my dreams aren't quite as long as yours are. <laughs> See, now now I will not be able to focus on this podcast because I'm going to be off thinking about this whole supervillain universe with, like, these people who are trying to solve the coding problems of the world, and yet they're being attacked by these other guys who can, like, spin webs and do all sorts. I'm not going to be able but to we, focus. We, yeah, so we're, we're basically forming our own, our own Justice uh, League. Hive, <laughs> hive of scum and villainy ourselves, right? We're, we're, yeah. It's the podcast yeah. Justice League. Go get that. It's the Rebel you. Alliance. We're the Rebel Alliance. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call it what it is. Yeah.
Well, see, this, this is the problem that I run into, uh, you know, just trying all these different things. Uh, essentially, I am the woman who throws boxes of spaghetti at the wall waiting for something yeah. to stick, right? Mm-hmm. And so far, things have sort of stuck, but eventually slide down the wall for lack of attention. And the reason there's no attention to it is because either I don't have the time to put toward it because I'm busy trying to make money to feed the family or the people with whom that I partner with don't have the time to put right. for the same reason. And it's like, how do you how do you find that balance between being able to do that thing that you want to do and putting food on the table? So I do I do have an answer for that and Mark probably does too. But and and mine comes from this this group of entrepreneurs that I joined back you know umpteen years ago, ten years ago called Strategic Coach. And the idea was you go through this program and you learn what your unique ability is or what your unique unique skill is. What what it is that gets you up in the morning, what it is that people come to you for the, you know the, your why why do people come to you for the thing that you do right and you kind of focus in on what that is and then so all that other stuff like making sure the spaghetti doesn't fall off the wall you delegate that to somebody else right so in my case my first the first lesson I learned from that was was I I you know I would spend probably two or three days just on the accounting and making sure every, all the books balanced and whatever and it, I enjoyed it but I hated it right so the first thing I did was a friend of mine recommended an accountant to me who does he does all my billing and all my accounting and and the the fact of the matter is is I've offloaded all that kind of activity to him. So I just sent him an email once a month saying here invoice these people and he he does that and then we have a couple of automatic invoices that get done. So that's an ex- example of how you get that thing done by delegating it off to someone else. And what I was saying to you the other day, Tammy on Slack was you know you were complaining about editing the podcast and I complain about editing the podcast. And so the 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 thing is we both don't. I mean, part of me likes it, but but it's drudgery, right? So oh, it's awful. The thing would be to do find a find a student that's in broadcasting that needs to have you know um, credits towards his efforts like and could come work for us you know not even that yeah, for, well, you could even mentor like okay let me show you how to use this software let me show you for credibility yeah, yeah 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 so i don't know if you guys heard but one of the, one of the outros i did was a, a kid named jonathan he lives across the street from me and he's got cerebral palsy right and and he's like in a wheelchair he can his dad actually talked about him on the podcast episode saying you know like the, the ipad was the thing that brought him to life kind of thing right anyway he's at humber college right now he's in this program right now where you know he's 18 years old or 19 years old and but he loves broadcasting Broadcasting. He loves making videos. He'll, he's made his own sort of videos and stuff like that. So I said to his dad, walking the dog one day, why don't I just give you the script for the outro and have John read it, right? Because then, first of all, we get a free outro. It sounds kind of interesting. And he gets credit in his class for doing it. Mm. Right? Is that so, is that the robotic outro voice that I heard? On? No, no, that's the Macintosh one. That was last week's was... The, was... So so what was that? Because I, I heard that and I'm like, what? what? Is that Was that just for that <laughs> show or did you do that for... Is that like the new thing? No, no, no. I... I so, uh, we we were talking about the talking moose at one point, right? And the talking moose is, was a, it was an, an um, I don't know framework or whatever in classic called Macintalk, right? And it sounded like the way it the voice sounded, it sounded like a Canadian. So they used to call it the talking moose, eh? And um, so anyway, I used that for one outro. But yeah, no, Jonathan Jonathan read, you know, hey, this is Jonathan. He didn't say friend of the show or anything like that. And he read our whole, you know, po- you know, Pinterest thing and what. But it's, he sounds very broadcasty because he's been studying this, right? 
But I mean, coming back to like, how do we get that done? And, and Mark, maybe you can give your answer. But my, my answer is, is we find some people that, that need the credit, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's, whether it's cash incentive or, you know, they're a student and they need to, they need like, cause the old age old thing, how do you get a job in broadcasting when they want experienced people? Well, if you, you don't get experience unless somebody gives you an opportunity, right? What's your answer, Mark? Um, this is lame. No, I'm just kidding. What, what was the question? <laughs> the question was, how does she get, how does she get? No, young, how do I, you know, how do, how do, how do people? Well, how do, how do we so so i was going to talk about my experience with mapsoft actually so okay my my theory behind mapsoft when i started it was i'm going to write a bunch of apps and build a portfolio of apps and each one each one may not make all that much money on its own but the combined some of them can add up to be a comfortable living yeah and i was on the way to doing that i mean i know we've had lots of discussions about the the misery of of indie development but i but i gotta say you know i was actually in in decent shape i wasn't great shape but i was in decent shape yeah until i got to the point where i had so many apps that i always have to be maintained <laughs> oh. and i couldn't keep up anymore so i couldn't be developing new ones and maintaining the old ones and and it just got too big for one person so yeah. if i had had like three or four of me i might have been able to do it right. so so my point was that was going to be that well you can't you kind of can't do it on your own but if you have a team you kind of build some critical mass like sure. if we built so the, i mean the reason ray wonderlick can do this is not because he's writing the, the tutorials he's not right he has other people on the team writing the tutorials and and there's there's enough people that the work can spread around and you get a multiplicative effect yeah and it, and it works so so my point was going to be that well if it's just one of us throwing spaghetti at a wall the spaghetti is likely to to uh even slip if it's five of us throwing different spaghetti right well so if i'm throwing spaghetti at the wall and then i gotta go walk the dog well that spaghetti's sliding off the wall while i'm walking the yeah. dog even though i don't have a dog yeah. but but it is so so if i can if i can go walk the dog while you're holding that spaghetti up and maybe adding some more spaghetti and then you go walk your dog and Tammy starts adding her own spaghetti and then she goes walks her dog and I'm back from walking my dog and, and adding more spaghetti, then it can work. Yeah. It's a lot of spaghetti, I know. And yeah, I'm pretty no, messy I'm gonna show you, a Part of what the whole coaching thing that I went through was to try and build up your company. When I when I did the first app in 2010 for uh, Two for Couples, I mean, we had a whole team of people writing the stuff. I mean, that wasn't – the customer brought that. They had people writing and taking pictures and doing articles and stuff like that. I had my, my uh, nephew, Alec, who was still in school. I had hired a guy from Cal- in Calgary to do the heavy lifting and, and the, you know, the heavy lifting on the code, right? And so I didn't build that app by myself. I had a bunch of people working it. And like you, Mark, in 2013 and 14, I was actually making a decent living and yeah, paying yeah. all these guys to yeah. do, to build these apps, right? You know, Mark and I did like, you know, bits of it. We probably walked away with, I don't know, we made a living. We, we you know, we paid our mortgages and whatever that year, right? The point is like, you, I couldn't have built that app by myself, yep. right? And she couldn't have built that app by herself, Diane, right? So... You know, I'm I'm running with the whole more than just podcasts theme. Yeah, it shouldn't be just podcasts. It, oh, it more than be just other yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, if right, we, we yeah, have, yeah, hats we have, and teacher, yeah. well, and this website, Apps. this technical blog, you know, oh yeah, that's the more than just podcast site. Uh, then you know, we get people who are reading the the uh, the tutorial or whatever it is or the blog, and they say, oh, there's yeah. a podcast for this this awesome content, and they'll listen <laughs> to the podcast, and the people yeah. who listen to the podcast will go and read the blog. I mean, it, it's you know. More 
multimedia. Yeah, I was talking to a guy at work today, and he's been listening to the show for a long time, and I sort of said, like, have you heard, like, what episode are you at? He's like, I'm at around 196 or so. And I said, well, don't you find that if you wait too long, like, like you know, weeks or a month or a month and a half or whatever it is, how far behind he is, don't you find that the stories are old by that time? And he says, no, because the value you guys add is you, you, you remind me of things that I may not have had time to look at or, or what have you. He says, if it's a story that's breaking about such and such and so on, I probably already know about it already anyway. Yeah. Right? But plus, said plus all the talk about 70s rock bands. I mean, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's 40 years have old. Value. <laughs> well, that's how we spun off and did and did uh, did Spotcast. Jaime wanted Jaime wanted to focus on on that, and we we don't talk about we talk about discovery for like maybe twenty minutes of the show. The rest of the time, we're talking about news and same sort of uh, same format form as this. Like what new what shows got canceled, and isn't that a shame? And look what this actor did, and blah blah blah. Right? And here's some cool effects, you know, video, blah blah blah. We have to let you go now. I probably got a few more minutes, but uh, whatever you want to talk about, I'm good. His spiky sent right. so, return at least for five. So, Mike, let me, uh, Mark, let me ask you a question. Do you think yep. zombies float or not? <laughs> really? Do We're going to go there? Huh? Did you ask if they float or not? Yeah, do, do zombies float? Yeah. Depends on whether they're in water or oil or some other liquid. Oh, well, right. I, I Wait, mean, no, no, like no, no, in no. Water. We never even considered that. So her brain, her brain just blew up. <laughs> so my, what I've always, what I've, I remember when I was, when I was younger, since we're going way back in the way back machine, there was a kid near our neighborhood who fell in some fell in some water nearby, and and I remember hearing about you how to well. Well, no, we used to, I used to live near Welland Canal, which is um, you know a famous waterway here in Canada, and mm-hmm. and I lived near the old Welland Canal, which was then used to dump sewage from the old uh, uh, paper mills and stuff like that. So it was it all sort of had this browny water with like foam on the top. So this little kid who was about three or four thought it was snow, and he thought he could walk on it, and he walked, stepped into the, the thing, and he, and he drowned basically. But yeah. but I remember when they recovered his body, that somebody had sort of said that it took a couple of days to find him because when you first fall in the water and drown, you sink, right? And then apparently the gases in your cells or whatever dissipate, come out, and the gases in your body make your body flow back up to the up to the top of the water. So it takes a couple of days. Yeah, right? I have so heard that. Yeah. So that's why, that's why I'm t- that's telling why gangsters Sam always uh, put, uh, cement, put shoes. cement shoes, yeah, or wrap you in cinder blocks, whatever. Yeah. Yep. So that's a so, Jersey um, thing. I just want to point that out. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a Jersey. What do you call it? Um, sleeping with the fishes. Sleeping with the fishes. Yeah, yeah. So, the worst thing is when you wake up in the morning and there's a horse head in your bed (laughs) (laughs) you and your horses let's look at the horses she says (laughs) anyway um yeah so so that's why my i postulate that zombies so here's here's a question i have about zombies right so like how come they like live forever it seems like don't they don't they need resources don't they need don't they need vitamin d and like you know don't they need to like eat stuff and you know brains right it's the whole reanimation part that's the part i mean i watch the zombie shows and i oh look at zombies but but it's the whole reanimation part you know to me dead is dead not you if know? you're a zombie if you're a zombie dead is like a whole new world <laughs> is it is it really yes or or is it like you know the the low blood sugar you know <laughs> well Tim, here, here's around. the thing zombies aren't real oh, so, so none really? of this really oh, matters <laughs> I, we cannot be friends oh this podcast is over 
<sighs> Look, man, when it comes to it, I'll save you, Mark, even if you don't believe. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. So, but what do you think, though? So, what do you think, though, um, about the the whole dystopian, or I guess it's not dystopian, but the, the uh, apocalyptic uh, idea of a virus that wipes out, like, a large portion of the population? What do you think about that? Oh, well, that's certainly possible. Yeah? Yeah. Like the 13 monkeys kind of thing where it just wipes out. Certainly possible that some genetic genetically engineered virus will, oh, really? will escape and yeah and wipe us all out i mean look at stuff like ebola uh if if ebola had es- had escaped 50 years ago we'd all be dead yeah I suppose. like helped. if we had air flight back then like if we yep. had air travel and train yep. travel and whatever yeah or, or like the black plague too i guess that would be another right. one too right well that almost did it that came close to wiping out pretty much the whole population of the planet did it really came close it yeah. nearly well, took out all England. of europe yeah yep oh really huh like all that of was it. through that was like rats in the water or something like that or it was uh yeah uh fleas on the rats on the boats so uh, it came it came from somewhere i don't know if it was india or china but somewhere when, when europe started trading with with those countries because they developed you know the, the boat technology to trade uh in a relatively quick amount of time without having to walk the whole way uh mm-hmm. then the rats that got on the boat were car- or carriers uh, carried fleas which were the carriers of the disease and people uh, people over in those countries had some immunity to it but when it came to europe there was no immunity and they and they just started dying i mean kind of kind of like when when the early explorers came to america for the first time and and had the smallpox blankets and wiped out most of the native population here just because there was no no immunity mm, crazy yeah also zombies are real <laughs> <laughs> zombies are just people with low blood sugar come on mm. that's why they're stumbling around that is the worst feeling because i cannot tell you how many times that i have been accused of being on something or, or mm-hmm. inebriated or whatever the case is when really it's just my blood sugar like i i have been known to walk around with a blood sugar as low as 20 and as high as like 200 300 something and i just i'm not proud of it but i've conditioned my body to, to function when it shouldn't tough it out yeah and yeah. people are like oh clearly you're on. no i'm not on something i'm having a medical thing and you're being a jerk yeah that's true that's true yeah, my yeah. my son when him and I went to uh, to three sixty I dev he still has a All scar right. on his hand because we were walking back and just we we went to McDonald's for dinner we both mm-hmm. had a uh, the heck you call it those those cafe McCafe things were loaded with sugar we're walking yeah. back on the main mall strip thing and it just hit me and he ended up having to rescue me from falling down and sliding down a wall and cracking my head open wow and people are like. Oh, you must be. No, I'm not on anything but sugar, really. Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of uh, McDonald's and meat and stuff, um, have you guys heard of Beyond Meat? Yeah. No. Yeah, it's uh, it's vat-grown meat, right? It's like the Incredible Burger. It's what co- what grown meat? Or uh, sorry, the Impossible Burger. It's it's you know it's vat-grown meat. Is which it, sounds is it actual awful. meat? So, or? well, no, no. So here's here's what I know about it. So, and I know about it because I we had a, a barbecue at Strombo's house one day and he's vegan right he doesn't eat any meat or whatever yep and he had these beyond meat burgers and they're 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 basically vegan they're made out of like vegetables and stuff but they're oh. they're made in such a huh this is different than what i thought it was okay yeah so so it looks like like it cooks like a hamburger like like beef like it like it sizzles on the barbie like the whole 
moisture content or whatever. And when you bite into it, it looks like a pink, you know, hamburger that's been cooked and it's got a kind of a, a very similar texture, like almost like a soft textured hamburger kind of taste to it, right? But it's amazing. Like, I mean, if this is the future of, you know, food, I'm all in because it's it's an amazing burger. Anyway, so the reason I'm thinking about it is because A&W up here, you have A&W in the States, do you? Yes. Yeah, so A&W up here is starting to, is in July or something like that, is introducing, they're going to start selling the Beyond Meat hamburger as their their veg, veggie burger, basically, mm. right? But it's an amazing burger. If you get a chance, I think it started in LA or something like that, but and it's spreading around. It just, it's just come up here into Canada, and, and it's it's phenomenal. If you get a chance to try it out, check it out. That's my pick for the week, by the way, Beyond Meat. So, <laughs> so the thing I was talking about is the Impossible Burger, uh-huh. which I haven't actually tried, right? But but it basically it's 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 meat that's grown in a lab. Oh right, yeah, I've heard about that. Right. So that's why I said called it vat grown meat, and you know they start with some real meat cells and and somehow make them grow, and huh. it basically just it's meat without the uh, without the animal essentially. And I've heard it's good. I've never tried it, but this I've heard is it's how good. zombies are going to start. You realize that, right? Yeah, right. So as soon as yeah, as soon as an impossible burger becomes self aware, then you got to you got a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of scary. So this it is the cross taking our jobs, AI yeah. and uh, and uh, and meat technology. Could you yeah. imagine a giant blob of meat with that is capable of thought, like traveling across <laughs> the world, destroying it? Yeah, they're called human beings. Right? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Wait, isn't there a game where you're supposed to like you roll and you collect things and like you get bigger and bigger? Yeah. What is the name of that game? What? No, you you just Snowball it's you're like this. Down you, the hill? No, you just roll around and you, I don't know. Pac-Man? No, no, it's its weird. Like, you literally roll around and you suck up things as you roll around and you get bigger and bigger and bigger. And now i got to send a message to my cat. Pac-Man's actually pretty okay, weird. Okay, so, so here's, some, here's some restaurants for you guys to look for since you guys are down there in the, in the below land. Um, da- yeah, below land. Um, TGI Fridays, Burger FI, Bear Burger, or Veggie Grill. You've heard of those places? I've certainly heard of TGI Fridays been there probably too many times. Right, uh, okay. Veggie Grill, yeah, we've got those around. So, and then the retailers where, who sell these is Amazon Fresh sells it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valarita, maybe? I don't know. Can't read that one. Uh, Ralph's. Yeah, supermarket. Sa- yep. Safeway. Safeway. Safe- Fred Safeway Meyer. supermarket around here, the big one. I think yep. we have a Safeway, Safeway around here, too. Yeah, Ralph's is more of a Southern California one. Yeah, Fred Meyer, Kroger, or Target. Kroger. We got Kroger, we got Target. We don't have Target. Yeah. So they have, they have uh, like, the Beyond Burger meat. They have Beast Burgers. They have sausages. They have uh, chicken strips, even. How do you do that? That's weird. That's weird. Tastes like chicken. Listen, <laughs> you just hit a sore spot because my poor husband been cooked us chicken and vegetables last night and i swear to you it tasted like fish and we threw it away really well yeah that sounds that katamari sounds katamari is the name of the game katamari yeah i had to send a message to my kid to ask it's katamari damasi d-a-m-a-c-y and, and what 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 do i want to know this because you're just you're this big gelatin is a blob of god knows what and you i am you're, I, i'm <laughs> i feel rude. insulted by your tone and you roll around <laughs> And the things that you roll on, it gets sucked up, sucked up into your gelatinous blob of whatever you are. And the bigger you get, I guess, the more points you score. It's really.
really twisted now that I think. Wait, how do you spell it? Katamari? Is it K A T A? Okay. M A R I D A M A C Y. Katamari. Oh, it's on PS4. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Katamari Damarcy. Yeah. Kata- that's. I don't know how. This is all right. So I said to my son, who's 18. Oh, it's a Chinese. He, by the way, he he's eighteen, so I can curse with him. I said, "What's the name? What's the game you roll around and collect things and become this big, <laughs> this big blob of shit?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, he knew exactly what I meant. Really? Okay. Well, he, yeah, he would. He, he's known you a long time. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's on the App Store too, apparently. Yeah. No, it, it's like a really popular game, and I I don't know why. It's on PS4, and oh, is this actually the game, or people just, or is this the Flappy Birds of games now? Kind of like, yeah. Where's Jaime? You can't talk about games when Jaime's on I the know, show. I know, I know. Because, you know, he'll be like yelling at his phone. Why am I moving this week? And the Catawalls know this game too. Well, of course, because it has Cata in the name. True. There's that. There's suckers for anything that says Cata in it. Catamari just was way darker than you thought. Oh, really? Yes. It's, These people look like hammerheads. It's a really bizarre game. It reminds me of, spoiler alert, the end of Play Dead Inside. Wasn't that your pick a few weeks ago, Tammy? Yes. Because they won a, an award. Who did? Um, oh, Play Dead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Play Dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the same guy who did um, that other game. Oh, you know what I wanted to do? Here's a quick uh, quick exercise for you folks. Um, last week, uh, this is part of our fact check, right? We were talking about uh, the top 10 videos, right? Yes, we yes. were. I wanted to talk to you guys about, because I said that there was a bunch tied for seventh place, but there were also more that were... Um, I was surprised with the amount of metal videos that there were, that there were not as many votes for them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was surprised that Network Frameworks wasn't in there. <laughs> Uh-huh. See, I just can't watch the videos that are like businessy related. No, it'll it will remind you that that Swift has not lived up in my opinion, and this may be controversial. <laughs> and, and as Craig Craig Verson used to say, I look forward to your letters <laughs> if you <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, Swift hasn't lived up. This is we were talking about this a little bit last week. Swift, in my opinion, has not lived up to the whole promise of this protocol oriented programming stuff, mainly mm. because you eighty percent of what you use Swift for and maybe, okay, maybe not everybody works like this, but at least for me, 80% of what I use Swift for is working with things like UIKit or other Apple frameworks, which are still pretty much all object-oriented, so you can't get away from sure. it. So, so you can try to do some of the, use some of these techniques, but it, it always feels a little bit little bit forced when you're trying to, because you still have to go back to the old stuff. That's, you know, my opinion. And I'm not so saying the old the stuff thing. is bad. I'm, you know, I still like object-oriented stuff, so maybe, right. I don't know, maybe it's just me. So, here, so here's the, the sort of follow-up on my the same before. So in terms of the actual votes that, that got voted for, right, for the, the sessions, the number one was what's new in Cocoa Touch, what number two was introduction to Siri shortcuts and then in, mm-hmm. introducing CreateML, Swift Generics, advanced debugging in Xcode with LLDB, getting the most out of Playgrounds in Xcode, building faster in Xcode, and high-performance auto layout, and number 10 was embracing algorithms. So, that, so what are what were the next, what were the runners-up is what I want to say, right? Mm-hmm. So what's new in CoreML Part 1 was the the next voted one, and then what's new in testing? Mm-hmm. Uh, testing tips and tricks, mm-hmm. building your voice with Siri shortcuts, probably because uh, Yuck 
Kenanaka was in that one. And then using collections effectively, which is one, the one you and I liked uh, from last week, right? Or mm-hmm. from sessions, right? Anyway, those are the only ones that I tallied up. But um, actually, maybe I can go. Yeah. So, you know, the What's New in Coco Touch one kind of doesn't count because who doesn't watch that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the platform's State of the Union in a sense, too, right? It's, it, kinda, it's it, actually or, the or it's second like the session. Right? I mean, yeah, know, yeah. If you're going to watch any videos, you've watched the keynote. Yeah. So it sort of doesn't true. count. That's true. Well, that's what I mean. That's why that's why the platform state of the union is kind of a throwaway. Um, yeah, it's funny though this year because because in every other year the platform state of the union always sort of set up what the other videos were going to be. That was sort of the here is a little bit of technology that we've introducing, and this is the sessions that cover that. Right? right. They didn't really do that this year in the platform state of the union. Because there wasn't that much of, that was new. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose is that the one where they were talking about the tongue emojis? Uh, or is that the keynote? No, that was wasn't that in the? Um, I think that became the running joke of the whole thing. But th- didn't uh, Craig Federighi talked about that in in, in uh, the, the keynote, keynote, right? Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, yeah. well, it makes sense because, like, I, I guess they, they somebody noticed that people stick out their tongue when they're doing selfies, or yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I, I just you know, no desire. If that's what people are downloading um, twelve for, I have no desire to do that. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, because we didn't do what's new in Swift. That's another one that could have been uh, voted for. What's new in Aircrit two, which you talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inside Swift shot was another one people were looking forward to. Um, yeah. I mean, creating great AR experiences, that was one that came up. But that's probably, probably more of a designy kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't go to that one, but it seemed like it was going to be a design talk. Yeah, Life of Button was one of the ones people were looking forward to. Was that one good? I didn't, I haven't watched that one. Greg Greg watched it the other day and he seemed to enjoy it. I haven't I haven't actually watched it myself, so I don't know. I also haven't watched uh, Swift Generics yet, but I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, that one took me a couple a couple of attempts. Yeah, it's a bit abstract. Yeah, I mean, that's the uh, the Voterama. Have you watched Network Framework? No. And, uh, no you know, no. you're laughing, but it was actually really good. I will I will so, watch it eventually. I, I Well, the reason I was asking is, I, you know, I want to see what your take was. Oh, okay, yeah. Because I think, I thought it was a great talk. Yeah, Even well, it's funny it's because... It's not necessarily something that's going to be the most useful thing. Right. Because you don't do that kind of stuff that often, right? But just from a just from a pure learning about something and a, and a well, well-presented yeah. talk. You know, there are, there are talks that are that have good information, uh, but are just you know horrendous from the presentation style. And then there are talks that are presented really well, but you know it's kind of fluffy. There's not a lot of useful there. Yeah. And this one, this one, I would say was a good balance. You know, it was a well presented talk. Well, like I said, it, it you know it's not useful for everyone. Not everyone's going to do this kind of stuff. But but you'll learn something new from it, and it was well well presented. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've noticed too in development that that some people don't want to hear about they're not interested in other things like you know yeah. like you know they kind of walk away when when you lose their interest rather than like i'm i don't maybe you are the same way but i'm the kind of person who wants to just okay what is your what is your story what is your what's your challenges i don't really i'm not going to go and solve your problems but i want to hear what your perspective is on it right and i remember i joked about sockets last week but um i remember when i first heard about them i'm like okay okay what are sockets is the first question mm-hmm. that came to my mind and and why do i care right mm-hmm. um or why should should I care? And because, as you know, I do a lot of network calls in in my apps, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it it does behoove me to understand how it works, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I will I will get around to watching it eventually. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it was one of those talks that was like, you know, it's it, it's sort of like watching a movie. You know, there's a plot to it. There's a beginning. Oh, yeah. There's progression. And then there's a there's an end. And it's it's like uh-huh. you know, yeah. This is a co- coherent, well thought out presentation. There's other talks where it's just here's a slide. Here's another slide. 
Yeah. Here's another slide. Yeah. And there may be super useful information on every slide, but mm-hmm. it's not so well connected and it's not like it's not like telling a story about this content. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I want to take an advantage of the fact that we started early and we get to end early. Okay. <laughs> and duck out. So are you still there, Tammy? I'm still here. All right. Well, and I'm all fra- in favor for ducking out. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you got food in your mouth, too. I do. I'm eating peanuts and I shouldn't be because peanuts. it's after 8 p.m. But wow. they're raw peanuts. I don't like peanuts, but these ones are really good. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, all right. anyway, talk, talk to you time. guys later. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.